0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another one of Atlantica and Tribal Impact Social Advocacy uh, series, where we interview influential employees. And today, I'm really excited to be uh, announcing that we've got uh, Kerri-Ann Stimpson, um, who's a financial service marketer. She's a CMO at JMMB Group, um, and she's um, joining us from from Jamaica, which is the first time that we have someone from the Caribbean On our podcast, so extremely excited by that, and pre-Easter fun here. So, Kerryanne, a very warm welcome uh, to you.
1: Thank you so much, Tim. It's great to be here. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation today.
0: No, it's an absolute pleasure. And so, maybe you could kick off by just telling us a bit about your background, and importantly, you know, when your, your social media journey and when you started becoming. Uh, having an increased presence and a bit more influential
1: Great question. So great. So I'm happy to share that. So as you rightly highlighted, I'm the CMO and the chief marketing officer of a financial services group of companies based in the Caribbean. Uh, We're headquartered in Jamaica, which is my home country, but we also have operations in Trinidad and Tobago and the Dominican Republic. So I get the chance to do a little bit of island hopping, which is great. Um, I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I love a good glass of wine and great conversation. And my passion project that I've been doing now for the last about 18 months, is I'm also the producer and host of my very own podcast, the Internal Marketing Podcast, and I'm sure we'll get into that. As far as my own social media presence, I would say that I really started to dig into my social media presence, I would say, right before the pandemic hit. Um, To be very honest with you, I struggled with imposter syndrome for quite a long time, so I was a LinkedIn member for quite a while but I just did some lurking you know you know logging in and lurking and um, I really decided you know what I need to use my voice I have so many years of marketing experience life experience that someone else could benefit from and I got some very encouraging words from a mentor of mine who said hey share your experience with the world there's always one person that can learn from your experience so be bold and step out there and share it and that's what exactly what I did and it's been a great journey ever since in. So about, I would say about two, three years now, I've, I've really been digging into my own personal content on social media.
2: So could you tell us a little bit more about that moment, actually, please, Carrie-Anne, because um, a lot of people that listen and watch this are probably on the edge of like, I know I need to do it, but I don't know, I don't know how, I've got nothing to say, a bit worried about what people might think. And so can you tell us just a little bit more about that, that from the imposter syndrome to actually getting going what like what was your first post and when did you realize it was starting to this was actually quite a cool thing to do
1: Right. But well, well, my first post, I'll be honest, I'd say I don't remember exactly what that was. But what I realized is that as I started to share lessons from my journey, so to take a step back, um, I'd reached a stage, you know, in my life where I said, you know, there's got to be more than just doing my work nine to five. You know, um, there's such a huge world out there. Social media has really made uh, having conversations with people all over the world so easy, so accessible. Um Could there be more that I could be doing and sharing from my little corner of Jamaica, right? And um, again, struggling with imposter syndrome. And I decided to just invest in myself, um, did a thought leadership program, and again, formed a mentorship relationship with someone who led the program. And they said, you know, well, why are you afraid to speak? Recognize that every day you are learning and growing and where where you were yesterday, someone else is there today. And so the lessons that you learned yesterday, because they're there today, you can turn around and help them. So whatever it is, your story is, no matter how small you think it is, someone else can benefit. And that's where it started for me. So when I started to share aspects of my journey, like I did a post, one of my early posts was... um, I changed my hair. I went from relaxed to natural and I shared that journey. And people were so responsive for those who connected with it, for those who had someone they knew. And they were like, wow, this is great. Um, I shared another journey, aspect of my journey of when I did my master's degree and a path I wanted to take that didn't quite work out that way. I had to choose another path. And here I am today still as CMO. And just how people really connected with those stories was really powerful to me. And it said, hey, you have something that you can give. And as far as I see it, once I impact even one person, I'm good, I'm there. And that's what I encourage people to do. Your story and journey can help someone. So be bold, step out there, do it.
0: Uh, I love what you say about helping one person. And uh, I think that I've suddenly, you know, thought about um, a lot of comments that we've heard on this kind of uh, podcast where when someone is trying to impact 10,000 people and thinks that, you know, I'm not sure that social media is the place to do it, they they might not start. But a lot of people who just want to make a difference to one person are actually communicating to more than 10,000 people through their journey, but they haven't started off with that particular objective. They've just wanted to help out maybe a few people, but they're content has suddenly traveled and more people have engaged. So I just love the fact that you, you wanted to just make a difference to, you know, even that one person who was in your place yesterday and, and actually that starting point has propelled you to even greater success.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Very happy about that. And and again, it's just so heartening because you're right. You, you start out with a desire to help one and you realize just how many people have that struggle. I, I did a post on LinkedIn earlier this week, late last week. I think it was about my journey with braces. I just took off braces and I remember when I start was start thinking of starting out. They're like, "Oh, you're a middle aged woman in your mid forties. What are you doing with braces?" You know, and I said, "No, I'm gonna do it for me." And I stepped out and did it, and I did it, and I told my story. And the amount of people who are like oh my God, that's me. I wanted to do braces, but I'm 52 and I don't know if I should. I'm like, hey, go for it. You know, everybody has their journey and it's just so powerful when we can get together as a community on a powerful platform like social LinkedIn in this case and just share and pour into somebody. It's just amazing and I encourage everybody to do that.
2: I think the other point to that as well, Carrie Anne, is that uh, this gets over the um, the fear of I've got nothing to say and what if people don't like what I say because actually what you're recognizing there is it's your unique journey and no one can pick that apart because that was your journey right there's no right or wrong answer to that and that's what you're sharing and and it resonates at a different level because it's just more human more personal um and you touch more people in a a more emotional way I think that's uh
1: yeah. 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 And true. being human is is the key word there, because I mean, even this braces post, I remember started out saying, I don't even know if this post belongs on LinkedIn. Okay. But I'm going to share it because it's not about jobs. It's not about marketing. It's not about career. It's just about my journey with just trying to have a better smile because I was insecure about it before. And um, even that human story, people are like, yeah, it does belong on LinkedIn because it's humans that are on LinkedIn. And every journey, every personal journey has a place to help someone else. So I, I love that point. It's it's quite so.
0: So, so. so would you say that you you went on social through more of a personal drive, or would you say that you thought about the impact it could have on the uh, on the company you work for on J M M B Group?
1: well for me personally it wasn't so much about jmb I'll admit um, it really was for me personally but then the spin-off effect of course was that my company benefited um, because being passionate about internal marketing and employee advocacy I always had it in the back of my mind that once an employee puts themselves out there and it, and they do well at building their own personal brand then the company brand benefits because they get to go along for the ride okay and so for me it, it was the best of both. So while it it had to be a personal motivation for me to do it because at the end of the day I always believe people work for themselves, right? Um, so it, it was per it was very much personal. Uh, at the end of the day it's always well I'm I'm also the CMO of a great brand and the brand gets to go along for the ride. So my interactions will benefit both me and the company as well. And that's exactly what happened.
0: Mm. That, so, how do you how do you straddle that personal company kind of social media um brand sorry sir
2: no, no, no. That's, yeah, I was going along the same lines. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, well. first of all, my, I, I think, well, first of all, I have to give props to the company, right? Um, I work for the kind of company that's very big on allowing and empowering team members to be their best selves. And that's where it starts. So my company was never about, well, you know, you got to post this and you have to put this particular persona out there. Although we do, admittedly, yes, we do have our social media policies because, you know, We we have to manage the brand. and the CMO, so I get that very, very clearly (laughs) because we've had quite a few gaffes that we've had to manage where people go postal on social media. So I get it. But generally, you know, as a company, we really are passionate about employees who want to be their best selves, who have dreams, who have passion projects that they want to pursue. And so I've always felt that comfort to be able to be bold. And once I'm comfortable that what I'm sharing is consistent with those values of diversity, inclusion, equity, um, just love, which is a core value of our organization. Once I'm comfortable that what I'm sharing are consistent with those values, then I'm pretty much free to do what I need to do and say what I'd like to say. And again, it's been awesome, but it has to start from ensuring that that culture exists and employees really feel comfortable building their brands within the context of, of the brand that they actually represent whether they like it or not.
2: Yeah, now that I think is quite interesting, because I do believe there's a bit of a stumbling block here with a lot of companies um, that don't quite, rec- they see maybe employees as a channel for amplifying brand content and less of a platform for showcasing the amazing talent they have in the company. Um, now, I was going to say to you, how do you convince your leaders about that? But it sounds like it's already embedded into the fabric of the culture, that that's already there. Um, but there are leaders out there that w- will say, you know, well, hold on. Why would we help our employees build their professional brand on LinkedIn and then they clear off and get a job um, elsewhere? You know, why would we do that? What would be your answer to that, Kerry? Because I'd, I'd be quite interested to know.
1: So first of all, we just got to admit that as leaders, whether we like it or not, our employees are on social media. They're posting when they're at the club, at the beach, they're posting life, whether we like it or not. Um, And the reality is, is that we can't stop them from leaving um, as much as we think that we're silencing them on on our channels or about our products or services. We can't stop them from leaving. So the first order of business in any organization, I think, is really to ensure that your culture, your benefits, your employee experience is solid. That's where it starts. I'm, I'm into internal marketing and that's a huge part of it. If you're not creating the kind of environment that makes your employees happy and engaged, then that's where it starts. So let's not even talk about, about what they post on social. Let's start there. And once you're confident that that's happening, then guess what? When happy, engaged employees put themselves out there. Not only, yes, they could put themselves up for possible poaching by the competition, the company brand gets to go along with the ride, A, as I said before. But B, what you're also doing is you're attracting great talent as well because happy, great talent will attract great talent as well. So there's awesome benefits all around. So even if you do happen to lose someone, again, you've just really done an awesome job of building your company brand through happy engaged employees. And you're going to get more, you're going to get people wanting to work for you as well. So it all comes out in the wash. And I think, again, everybody benefits on all sides.
0: And I think you're the first brand that I've seen, which has love as the kind of you know, yes. brand value. Yes. I, I I looked at I looked up uh, the the, the J M and B group, and you could just see it across. You know a lot of the the kind of text and rhetoric and the posts that there was just love everywhere, which mm-hmm. I think comes across really strongly. And I don't see any other brand. I mean, they they talk about you know innovation and cool and you know that they care about people, but it mm. just it just felt different
1: yes yes and and you know people people just i I don't think people when they hear it, they're like a a financial institution, a bank that talks about love, aren't banks just about fees and interest rates <laughs> not really i mean it's it's a great story, and that's probably another episode uh but our one of our co-founders when she decided to create a financial institution based on love. It was coming from a place of recognizing that all human beings are created equal. All human beings have inherent greatness already residing in them. And usually what's required is the power of love to unleash all of that. And what a wonderful world we would live in if everybody loved themselves and loved each other. And so that's the basis on which we were founded. And it's what continues to motivate us. And it helps to inform every aspect of our operations including as i would have shared earlier how our employees are allowed to express themselves and build their own brands and it's it's just been a wonderful journey and as if i might add it really helps the marketing effort as well i find i don't have to spend as much on marketing when you have such a strong brand with such a unique value proposition that's powerfully delivered to the client Uh, that that's your marketing right there. You know, you don't need to spend as much uh, putting something out there because you're just so unique and people are there to that. You see,
2: I think that's fascinating. I went to a, a, a networking event last night that talked about purpose-led marketing, um, and a lot of them, you know, the, the the traditional old campaign, sponsorships, da 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 da. You know, but what you're talking about here is that you're almost tipping the whole thing on its head. Um, a company will sell itself through the power of its brand, its values, its people. It's, you know, that, and that is quite a different approach, isn't it? And yes. um, I just find that quite fascinating, really, actually, that the role of marketing is completely changing. And the fact that you're taking the driving seat in this as a mm-hmm. CMO, I find that very interesting. So
1: it's, it's, it's been wonderful. You know, uh, just the other day, uh, there was quite a bit of a kerfuffle in our local space about bank fees. And I think it's an international conversation, you know, our banks charging too many fees in terms of dollar and what they charge a fees for fee for. And we entered the chat. And we said, you know what, we charge fees too, and we recognize banks need to charge fees. But again, because we are built on the basis of love and having our clients best interests at heart, there are certain things we will never charge a fee for, because that just goes against who we are. And in fact, there are some fees that they're third party fees that we may get charged, and we may have to pass on to you, we don't pass it on, because we don't believe it's in your best interest, we absorb that. And let me tell you guys, when that message went out there, it went viral and it wasn't on us. I mean, people just carried it. The tentacles just went because here is a bank. Here's a financial institution that's standing up for its clients. Look at that. And so, again, when you talk about purpose, if you're living in your purpose and you allow that purpose to really come through in every all of your decisions, your operations yeah, that's your marketing right there. I mean, it, 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 people will do your marketing for you, your employees and your customers.
0: Yeah, I think that's a wonderful example. And, and by the way, anyone listening, please do ask a, a question to Carrie ann um, we'd, we'd, we'd love to um, bring some of the questions from the audience as well. Uh, I just want to dig into a bit more about how this works from your brand perspective and how you activate employees at scale. Uh, obviously you've got some really powerful brand messages and you're you're, you're obviously a, a wonderful example of showing up on social media. Financial services companies struggle to get this at leadership level and uh, and obviously all throughout the organization. Can you talk a bit about you know, the senior leadership team, some of the challenges, how you're doing this more at scale and how you how you start looking at some of the brand metrics and seeing the impact of that
1: yes Great questions. So where the leadership team is concerned, I I wouldn't say that I've had much pushback, as I would have highlighted earlier, uh, based on who we are as an organization. They're generally comfortable with the idea of having employees put themselves out there and build their brands again, once it's in the context of our requisite policies and that sort of thing. So I've never had that issue. Um, For the most part, I think probably from a senior leadership perspective, a lot of them are still very shy, uh, not wanting to put themselves out there that's usually I find the bigger battle but what I would say is the hump that we've had to kind of get over and, and still working through is how do we support employees to be bold enough to use their voices um, in whatever way uh, because we've never subscribed to the fact that okay, Um, everybody needs to talk about financial services because they work with a financial services company. We're now at a place where we say, look, whatever is your passion, whether it's a travel blog, whether you're a life coach, whether you just love your dog and you like to post about your dog or your cat, we're good with that. Just put yourself out there. And so what we've done is we've done things like training um, programs. We've brought in personal branding experts to give tips and advice on how they can do that. Um, We form little chat groups, you know, in in WhatsApp, which is our preferred um, communication informal communication platform and we encourage everybody you know start here comment here look at this consider that and it's really been a great journey because people are now beginning to find their voice and use it where it works for us I and mean, when you talk about brand metrics tim is when we can look at Social media thing, social media activity that can be connected back to what is happening, especially where our employees uh, are concerned and how their customers are being impacted. So, for instance, when I look at something, and people call these vanity metrics, but I'm just going to be frank: if they're vanity metrics, that's okay. I think it's it's an indication of how healthy and strong the brand is. So, we look at things like brand mentions on social media and I can show my leadership team right now that most months our brand dominates mentions on social media even beyond some of our larger competitors in terms of their client base and budget and marketing resources we still dominate mentions because we're dominating the conversation and we dominate the conversation because of our Purpose driven approach, and because of our people and how we exude our culture to everybody we interact with. So, we constantly are dominating mentions, sentiment, brand sentiment, another great metric that typically, again, most months we dominate positive sentiment, you know, because again of who we are and how we show up on social and how people have that conversation and talk about us on social. So, That's how I get, I think the buying happens. It's like, you know, social media is, is powerful. And I'm at a stage now where my CEO always wants to know what's happening on social. He's not necessarily on it himself. So I I have to work on that, (laughs) but um, he is sold on the power of social and what it does for our brand. And even though it's vanity metrics, he's all over it uh, because he it's an indication for him that People love us and they're having great conversations about us. And hey, who doesn't want that? I
2: think that's great that your CEO is even connected to your social listening, to be honest, because it's so powerful. I mean, Mm -hmm. social listening typically will sit somewhere in the organization managed by marketing um, and it kind of stays there, you know, and it's just we'll do some reports on it. But the fact it's being taken seriously at the board level Mm -hmm. that shows because social listening is so much more than just how many brand mentions did we get? It's where you get insights about product development. It's where mm-hmm. you understand whether customers are happy or not, where the issues are, um, you know. And I think that's a great signal,
1: actually. Absolutely. That interested in that. Absolutely. He has a tracker on his phone. I'll just be straight. He has a tracker on his phone. And even when certain complaints will pop up, because depending on the app, you know, you get a, somebody's who has a complaint, he sometimes is ahead of the gun with us. He's like, oh, somebody here just tweeted, look, 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 we need to jump on this. Uh, so he's very, very much in tune with that. And as you say, you get so many, you know what the pain points are, you know what the pressure points are, you know what they love, what they don't love. And yeah, it informs so much of what we do. And it's been great. And the fact that he's tuned into it, I think is a very good thing.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's really cool. Uh, I have a just an out of interest question. What What are the main social media channels in the Caribbean? <laughs> You know, specifically in Jamaica and the and the Caribbean. Is it LinkedIn and Twitter like you're saying? You know, what what other channels are? Everybody right.
1: Knows. Great question. Well, it varies from country to country, I find. Uh, the most popular in terms of user base is still very much Facebook. Um, Facebook probably has slowed in terms of growth, but Facebook is still hugely popular in the Caribbean. Now, when you're talking about other platforms, it varies from country to country. So like in Jamaica, Twitter is hugely popular, but for particular kinds of conversations. Um, in Trinidad and Tobago, however, where we also have operations, LinkedIn tends to be even more popular than Twitter. You know, so it just depends on the country you're in. And so I say to my country CMOs, your social media strategy would have to be driven by what are the platforms that make your audiences tick. And that's how we use it from there. Instagram, perhaps, and um, and of course, most recently, TikTok are the fastest growing platforms, but more so among the younger millennials and older Gen Z generations. Uh, but yeah, I would say those are the big ones for us. So not not too far behind you guys and youtube is huge as well just obviously not really at purely social but also a very very popular platform for us
2: mm. it's is interesting isn't it
1: mm-hmm. even
2: even within the countries there's different um dynamics yes. as well yes absolutely could we talk about your podcast
0: please
1: sure <laughs> sure i think
2: or do you did you want to ask anything else tim around the
0: podcast is is, I'm curious
2: yeah so you you run it first of all I'd like to understand at what point did you think okay I've started sharing on LinkedIn you know I've started to build my presence there right I'm ready to start creating some unique content Mm -hmm. um so when did you think that and what made you feel that the podcast was the way to go
1: Great, great question. So going back to that thought leadership course that I said I took, um, again, part of it was helping me to find my voice and what was the best way to use my voice. And, you know, you start to think, okay, do I start a blog? Um, I did a wonderful assessment by Gallup Strength Finder 2.0 and um, realized that one of my strengths was intellection, which is true. I love having great conversations just like the one we're having right now. And I thought, well, no, blogging then wouldn't be something I'm, I'm comfortable with. How about a podcast? I get to meet and talk to great, interesting people from all over the world. So that's where it started. So it was a podcast. So the question was, what about? Now, as a marketer, I'd want to do a marketing podcast. Uh, that was clear to me. But what I realized is that there's so many marketing podcasts. Do we really need another one? What's the angle that I can come up with? And again, some great advice um, that I got from my mentor was, What is the conversation in marketing that not enough marketers are having, right? What are some of the challenges, big challenges that marketers are experiencing that not enough, the solution to which not enough people are talking about? And I started to have conversations with people who were both in marketing and outside of marketing, including some CFOs who, of course, had a lot to say about what marketing is not doing. And through those conversations, long story short, The concept internal marketing came up and it came from a place of employees are just not clued into what marketing is talking about to the external customer. We hear about the campaigns the same time the customer does, or we don't know why we do this kind of marketing. How is it benefiting me? How is it benefiting the company? And I said, you know, there really needs to be a space in marketing. And I found it too from my own experience. There really needs to be a space in marketing where we are engaging our internal people because, Guess what? They're the ones that are delivering on the brand promise to the customer. Whether you're on the front line or you're producing the widgets in the back, you're delivering on that brand promise. So why shouldn't we be engaging you? And then internal marketing, which of course is, as you mentioned, is not my nomenclature. I, I found it um, certainly online, books that have been written. And I Googled no other internal marketing podcast existed. <laughs> so I'm like... Yeah, right. this is the conversation. And that's that's where it's all started. Yeah, that's where it started.
0: Uh, because there's internal comms, isn't there? That's yes. that's much more used, but not internal marketing. Right. I don't know whether there's I don't know whether there's something there or whether it's yeah. just there's, a, a, there's the a
1: slight difference in terms of the objectives. Um so the similarity exists in terms of engaging employees around the mission, the vision, the purpose so that they can they can get not only get excited about it, but they can deliver on it. But when we talk about internal marketing, just like regular marketing is about getting to a shift in behavior towards a particular outcome, the objective of internal marketing is to also to empower employees to be advocates of the brand externally. That's really where it comes, which is not to say internal comps can't do the same thing, but that's what internal marketing drives to. So Internal marketing should lead to employee advocacy which is what we're kind of taught this focus of this, this, this broadcast. And so that's really the finite difference. And as marketers, if we have a marketing strategy that's already getting customers to buy, how much more powerful would that strategy be if we're also empowering employees at the same time to join in that external voice to the customers to say, hey, we're great, come buy from us. And so that's what internal marketing does.
2: Yeah, I think that's so important. And I, you're absolutely right. This is not talked about enough by marketers. No. And, um, you know, and I think it's it's uh, internal communications, Also, it focuses a lot on leadership, internal communications, communicating messages out to employees. It can come across as a bit one way, although we work with communication people that are talking about the dialogue, you know, and um, how they're trying to get the the two-way dialogue going. But Mm -hmm. internal marketing, I love that. It's about behavior change, and it's about Mm -hmm. embedding culture change.
1: um, Yes, yes, to to, to turn them into external advocates. Because it's recognizing that our employees have their own personal networks of family, friends, colleagues outside who respect and love them. And and the other thing about internal marketing too, is that recognizing that our company messages can come across as boring through the official company channels, or people just don't listen because they're like, look, yeah, of course you're going to say you're great. So JMMB is going to put a message out there to say that JMMB is great. What else are you going to say? But if the employees who are on the inside who see what's happening behind the curtain because their family, if they are now saying, that's true, that's correct. GMB is great. I work there. I love working there. Uh, what they do is great. And their networks will begin to trust that because they already trust them. Again, that's more gas and fuel behind your marketing message that you probably couldn't even pay for. And talk about organic reach on social. That's another conversation. They're carrying your organic reach of your brand into crevices that you couldn't even reach with paid so yeah that's where it comes from that's what internal marketing does
0: I, I think I mean we obviously all recognize on on this podcast that that that's really really important I think some of the brands that are looking too short-termist are just mm. missing that because I think what comes across in terms of you know you setting up the podcast or the or the um, brand values they have at, at JMNB is that it's it's long-term relationship and long-term outcome-driven, and mm-hmm. you've you mentioned all the benefits. Um, but it it is a, a more challenging journey to be able to go through. There's a lot of different maturity phases to that, and and I just I think that some brands get a bit caught up in what value is this going to deliver within one quarter or two quarters or one year, and and almost it's just the intrinsic nature of what marketing should be all about yes but but it's yes. hard for someone to start or to make that change when you don't get the buy-in from the leadership and you've obviously got the brand values that that fit into that so you you you've, you've got the permission to go yes. down that route
1: Yes, yes. And, and, and you know, I think it can work for any company uh, because, again, it's tying in what's the purpose, what's our mission, what's our vision and how can we allow that to come through in our internal marketing and employee advocacy efforts? Because I admit we are, yes, JMMB is about love and most Brands are not about love, so they can't they can't put that out there. And plus, it would come across as inauthentic, too. Right. Uh, But even if I am a brand that's about help making people rich and that's what we do, uh, how that comes out is totally possible. You know, it's just how you spin it, how you how you work it. And how do you connect that back to the objectives of the leadership, which is building the brand and driving growth? And once you can connect those dots back to your purpose, back to the overall objectives, I think it can definitely work. And there's a way to demonstrate that to leadership as well in your particular case.
2: Super stuff. So practically wise on your podcast, right? So if there are, there might be people here thinking, do you know, I think maybe I could give that a go or, you know, how, what, what's the frequency that you publish content? How do you find people to talk to? Um, If somebody wanted to start content creation, what advice would you give?
1: Wow. Well, the first thing is start with doing a lot of research into what it takes to get it done. So I spent copious hours reading and watching videos about podcasting. You know, I had to start from ground zero. What are the kinds of softwares that are available for editing, for recording and, and, and hosting, that sort of thing? Uh, promotion techniques, that sort of thing. So I would say you definitely have to recognize that it's something you're going to have to learn how to do. Uh, as far as content is concerned for me, LinkedIn has been a gold mine of, 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 a place to find potential guests because you follow the, you know, you can follow hashtags. or you follow internal marketing, internal comms, employee advocacy. You see the people who are having the conversations, you read articles online in various publications and you're like, Hey, that's a good that's a good spin on the topic of internal marketing I'd love to have that person on and there's many ways to skin the cat so finding different people with different perspectives is another way that I do it and also I just also have to I tell people all the time if you're doing a passion project where you're creating content give yourself enough grace to do it that's the cadence that works for you so for me I publish on average every two to three weeks because that's what works for me I'm a CMO a wife and a mom I don't have an extra five hours every day so <laughs> that's what works for me there may be some podcasts that can do it every week twice a week I'm happy for them I can't do it and it's okay
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm impressed that you're doing one every two to three weeks to be honest <laughs> yeah.
1: Well I am impressed too, let me tell you, because <laughs> it's 3 a.m. sometimes. I'm I'm just being honest. You know, it's it's an investment, which is why it's a passion project. It's passion that fuels it.
0: Is it 3 a.m. when you're publishing when you're speaking to someone or when you're researching?
1: When I'm editing. <laughs> editing is edit, the edit. hardest part. Yeah. So it's the late night editing and tweaking, and then you know, you publish it and or you set it to you you schedule it to publish and you go to bed. Uh but you know during the day on LinkedIn, in my regular LinkedIn discourse, you pick up people, you reach out to them. People are usually very, very willing uh, to come on board, and I record at a mutually convenient time, um, and then you hang on to the recording. And when the kids are gone to bed, I edit. So <laughs> that's that's basically how it goes. Wow, it's
0: impressive. And and what what take up have you seen with the podcast? What what uh, what take up in terms of what's driving the most engagement, and what what is the positive impact that you've had from that that podcast?
1: Well, first of all, I'd say the biggest surprise is that because I'm based in Jamaica, of course, and I have a personal brand in Jamaica just by virtue of my role and the the company I work for. Uh, So I I, I always knew that I would have had strong listenership uh, in Jamaica. But what surprised me is that most of my listeners are actually in North America and England. Most of my listeners, um, I'd say well over 50% of my listeners come from those countries. And um, that really actually has been heart- very heartening because you recognize that you're having an impact beyond your borders. And, and, and that to me is a wonderful gift. And I'm very happy about that. And I was very, actually very deliberate uh, in making sure that that happened because I, I knew from the start, it wasn't just going to be a Jamaica podcast. It, it needed to be something from across the world. And having guests from Australia, and the Netherlands and countries like those and England have been very instrumental in helping with that reach. Um, What I've also found is that you will see particular topics that resonate with people. And what I've found in my own podcast journey is that marketers, we all have a common struggle. Uh, We struggle to get the value, respect, and appreciation that we believe we deserve for the role that we play in our companies. And I found that my listeners use internal marketing as a way to help to drive how do they demonstrate the value to the organization, but also how are they engaging their internal stakeholders has been a powerful message that they've gotten out from it. And that probably was the biggest surprise because that was never a main objective of mine, but I've found that to come out. As a matter of fact, apart from the very first episode I did, which was why your company needs internal marketing. My next top-performing episode was a conversation I had with a coach who was talking about how marketers can improve their internal reputation. And that's like our number two episode ever of all time in terms of downloads. And so it just continues to highlight the fact that marketers, they want some love and they're always appreciative of a conversation that helps them to demonstrate how they can be loved and what they need to do differently to drive internal engagement, especially among the leadership team.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I think that's a good observation, actually, because especially B2B organizations, they quite often, marketing is a service to sales, right? It's run my event, get this done, I need a campaign, we've got a product to launch, you know? Um, And I think, you know, all of those sort of behaviors does become a bit sort of, hold on a minute, you know, but I definitely feel that the tide is turning, right? Yes, CMOs are coming to the forefront of driving these conversations about enabling employees to become the power of the brand voice. Absolutely. um, And they have such, I I keep sort of bleating on about this, but I do believe CMOs do have a massive opportunity to drive this conversation internally. Um, Absolutely,
1: absolutely. It's largely dependent on us. I'll be the first to admit that. It's largely dependent on us and how we speak to the business, the language that we use, the metrics that we bring to the table. Um, the The power is in our hands for sure.
2: Yeah, but you're a great example of this, Ann, I think this is, you Thank know, you. quite yeah. inspirational for others. I think to to understand this. So, but it's yeah. great because you're
0: talking you're talking with your CEO about you know, about your metrics that you're tracking, and uh, obviously very dialed into the metrics. So you've obviously got that recognition internally. Uh, yes. So I'm I'm not surprised that that was one of the top performing ones. Actually, I think. And I, I know that you spoke to Anita vaselli from Ericsson the other day. Yeah, uh, and and she obviously is uh, is advocating for social media marketing, getting a stronger voice, you know, more investment, and you know, uh, all of the great stuff that she's doing as well. As well,
1: indeed, indeed, it was a wonderful conversation, and yes, it it, it it's, it's a powerful shift. Um, it 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 can be a very difficult journey because what you realize too is that, you know, once they hone in on something, let me tell you, <laughs> it, 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 you, you recognize that you got to keep on top of it and, and it creates a new kind of a lens that they look through. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's great. You know, when you get that kind of laser focus in from the leadership that, you know, this is working and it's working well, then what happens is that you get the resources that you need to make it work even better. And so, yeah, it's an exciting time.
2: Yes, fabulous. So internally, um, I th- I've just seen the time actually, we're coming up on time. One very quick question. Do you have any tools to help employees? I mean, you don't have to name them, but do, you, do you, you've talked about training. Do you give them access to tools so they can easily share content? Or is it down to them to find their content? Just curious.
1: Right. So there, there I would say there are two main ways we do it. So we have a nice um, shared location where we have content that we that we put in there kind of like a library. And then they can go in if they want to, it's not compulsory, they can go in and pull stuff that they can either take and repurpose, or if it's even just to look at what's in there to you know get the creative juices going so that they can generate content for those people who want to talk about financial content, but also uh, what we do is it's really about giving them ideas about how to dip their toes in the water. And, and, and that's really the, the big point that, that I love to make to them, because sometimes they're not there where they want to create content. They're just not there. Maybe they don't have the courage to do so, or they just don't know where to start. And I say, look, start in the comments. Start in the comments. Just find people that are talking about things that you want to talk about, that you're passionate talking about, and just start in the comments. LinkedIn, as you know, is great for this. Just start in the comments and just keep commenting. And what you find is not only that does that allow you to build relationships, it gives you exposure, but it also helps to get the brain going as well as far as inspiration for creative, for creative thinking and content that you can eventually start to create yourself and post so that's that's really how we do it it's really more along the lines of just encouraging them and providing them with tips and moral support to start using their voices yeah
0: and, uh, and I just got one last question you, you mentioned that a lot of your executives are shy and you're trying to embolden them
1: mm-hmm.
0: is what you've just said your tactics to do that or do you have some advice for other brands when they've got shy execs that they're trying to embolden as well
1: Well, my advice is, and and how I do it to try and get some of my execs on board is, I pull them into the conversation kicking and screaming. (laughs) Hacking them. You will come. Right. So for instance, um, just just, uh, uh, recently, we did a Twitter spaces, right? We did a spaces on Twitter on a particular topic. And we had two of our general managers, senior managers on there. And one of them didn't even have a Twitter account, okay? So we're like, well, you're going to do spaces, so you're going to have to create a Twitter account. And he created his Twitter account and came into the spaces, did the spaces. And once he realized that, oh, my God, I'm here, I'm doing this, I'm engaging with people, it's not as intimidating as I thought, people are happy to see me and engage with me because of my expertise, And hey, before you know it, you have somebody, another senior person on social media that's doing stuff and getting comfortable. So, yeah, I would say just start there. Just bring them into the conversation in a no pressure kind of a way. But, you know, just get them out there so that they can dip their toe and see that it really is not as intimidating as they otherwise thought. I think that's
0: great. it's, It's no pressure, but you are doing it. (laughs) <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, and we're here with you. We're not putting you out there by yourself. We're here with you. We're doing it and you're fine.
0: I love that. I think that. that's great.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I've got so many phrases that I've written down, Carrie. And I've just been it's been absolutely brilliant. You know, the brand gets to go along for the ride. Um, you people do your marketing for you uh, your employees are delivering on your brand promise um, just bring them into the conversation and also your content strategy about learning you know from my journey and sharing the learning from my journey Mm
1: -hmm.
2: no right or wrong answer It's your journey right and it's going to help so and that whole analogy I'm almost seeing a picture actually of you know, you looking to yesterday and seeing someone, you know, where you were yesterday, there today. I just love yes. that and helping them up. It's uh, absolutely yeah, some amazing insights. So thank you, Kerri-Ann. Thank You've been you, brilliant. Absolutely thank you. brilliant.
0: Thank you so much. It's going to be easy for us to pull some good sound bites. Yes, <laughs> great. So
2: easy. Absolutely <laughs>
1: brilliant. Thank you.
2: Yeah, thank you. And anybody um, who's listening or watching the recording, you can watch this on uh, the resources pages of Tribal and Analytica's pa- pages website. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. I you know, really appreciate it. I've taken so many things from that. It's very inspiring. Thank you
1: so much, guys. I really appreciate the opportunity. It was great meeting you and having a great conversation, which is what I love. And yeah, I encourage everybody to just connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter. And of course, around, I have the podcast podcast as well. So looking forward to engaging with everyone. Thank you very much. See you Thanks, carrie Thank you.